Hey, what up listeners? Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome. I go by the name of Adrian Daniels and you're now tuned in to the sound of Accra and this is the brilliant show where we chat with colourful creatives and entrepreneurs from a Ghanaian background or with a special interest to the city bringing you one step closer to Accra. Now the guest I have for you on today's show, uh, she goes by the name of Kirsty Kwating and she's the founder of the Nana Project, an online platform dedicated to preserving Ghana's history through the voices of its elders, which can help create a better understanding of our sense of self. Uh, in this show, uh, you're going to learn about the journey uh, that Kirsty went through, which inspired her to conceive this platform. You're also going to learn about what the platform has been set up to achieve and what it's doing. And you're also, you're also going to learn about the importance of preserving memories and history, especially from an African perspective. And you also learn a little bit about her experience on going on TED Talk uh, last year, um, talking about the Nana Project and many other matters. Just to remind you before we get into the show that you can get the show notes by visiting thesoundofacrowd.com. That's thesoundofacrowd.com. If the website is not live, by the time you listen to this, uh, just uh, get in touch with us and we'll make sure you get the show notes as there might be some work still being done to the website. We're available on all good podcast platforms, just to remind you. Um, no longer really on SoundCloud, but all the other good podcast platforms are pretty much on there. So just to remind you that you can get us on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, share all that good stuff to help get the word of the sound of crow out to the world um and yeah that's pretty much it now without further ado let's get into the podcast and i'll catch you on the other side and i would like to welcome kirsty Quarting to the show uh, kirsty how are you feeling today i'm good how are you yeah, I'm great actually. Um, the sun is shining out here in London. Um, I hope you don't miss it too much. <laughs> and yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, it's lockdown as usual, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually do miss London a lot. Um, I'm hoping things calm down on, I mean, everywhere, but it's mm. like US and UK. So I can mm. <laughs> finish, finish school. <laughs> oh yeah of course you gotta wrap that up isn't it yeah. yeah all right yeah so um what was i gonna say if you just like to kind of um tell the audience just a little bit about yourself obviously you just mentioned that you obviously you, you still got school to to attend to maybe you could share a little bit about what you're what you're um studying or yeah. what, what you're doing right now if you don't mind yeah. okay so um i'm Ghanaian american i'm from mm -hmm. Uh, which is where I'm at right now, but mm -hmm. I've been mm -hmm. in London since 2017 mm -hmm. uh, to attend school. I've been doing my PhD at SOAS, University of London, mm -hmm. the Department of Development Studies there. And my dissertation looks at how second generation Ghanaians maintain their connection to Ghana by oh. children of immigrants. And so I'm looking at uh, the children of Ghanaian immigrants in London and New York City, and then also in Ghana. So I've done all my field work and stuff, and mm -hmm. 
supposed to be writing up right now. <laughs> hey, procrastination. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's my, I guess if you want to call it my day job. <laughs> then I also um, am the founder of the Nana Project, mm-hmm. which is a platform that's dedicated to preserving Ghana's history through the stories of Ghanaian elders. So that's what I do when I'm not doing my PhD. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. And that's what we're about to go into shortly. Um, Kirsty, for those that don't know what SOAS stands for, I mean, especially those who are foreign from London or foreign from England, obviously I know what SOAS stands for. Uh, I had a friend that went there. Um, could you just, 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 just expand that abbreviation? So SOAS stands for the School of Oriental and African Studies. I know mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't say Oriental anymore. <laughs> so that's why we really just say SOAS because yeah. you know, Oriental is not a word that we, you know, we don't ah. that anymore. Yeah. So okay. The time it was founded, that was the word that was used to describe people mm-hmm. from Asia, like, you know, China, Japan, Korea. And yeah. so to this day, um, the school still focuses a lot on things related to Asia and Africa. Okay, so that makes sense. That makes sense. I didn't. I didn't actually know that. Yeah. Didn't actually know that at all. Yeah. All right. Great. Um. So I mean, I think I think there is no coincidence that you came up with the Nana Project because obviously your your background in terms of field research is you know African. It's quite African based. Mm-hmm. Um. So for those that don't know, um, could you just kind of give a background into how how it came came to be obviously i know but i mean for, for the benefit of those that don't know maybe yeah. you can just share a little bit of a story into how the nano project came to be yeah so in 2007 mm-hmm. my maternal grandmother passed away and yeah. she, condolences yeah, thank you and she lived mm. with um my family uh, until i was about 12 so she helped raise my sister and i like to this day, my mom says a lot of, you know, she doesn't know how to like, you know, teach kids like how to do this and that because my, <laughs> my grandma. Um, and so when she passed, I had to go to Ghana for her funeral and her funeral, her funeral was in our hometown, which is really small, yeah. the Eastern region. Eastern and region. Where in the Eastern region was it? In Chia. It's in Chia. Yeah. <laughs> How's your tree? By the way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's not talk, let's not let's not get into that. Yeah, all right, that's fine. Uh, pass. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's the closest, I guess, city is Odan. We're about forty-five minutes away from Odan, Chimchian. Mm-hmm. That's where the whole family's mm-hmm. from. Okay. And um, yeah, like I said, first time there. My grandma was ninety-six when she died. Yeah. And two thousand. Good age. Yeah. Very good age. Yeah. We thank God that in our family, um, we've been, you know, we're blessed with a really long life. So, Mm. um, yeah, so yeah, 2007 was when Ghana turned 50. And I remember just kind of thinking like, wow, like my grandma was 46 when Ghana became, you know, Ghana when it gained its independence. Mm. There's um, a lot that she could have told me about Ghana's history, about my family. Yeah that I, uh, you know, that I won't ever get the chance to know now because she's got stories with her. So that so was sorry. like, that's when it was like, the seed for it was 
like birth, but I didn't really begin working on it. Yeah. 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know why that was the case, but that's just what happened. So mm-hmm. I, I, it's something that was kind of on my heart for a while. And I just felt like that was the time to, to start it. And so yeah, I touched my cousin because <laughs> uh, she has, <laughs> she has a, a background in um, like video and, you know, stuff like that. I didn't really know anything about that. So okay. I asked her if she was interested in helping me. She said, yeah. And so we just kind of went from there. Awesome. Um, so is she part of your team? Because on obviously I had a look at the Nana Project uh, website and you have a, like a little team together in yeah, terms of yeah. putting together the the documentaries, the stories, the images, etc. She she's still she's still part of your team? Yeah, she is. This is her okay. name, God's Grace, or she also goes by Liz. So but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was such a, I mean, when Ghana turned 50, it was, it was quite a time. I believe I was there. Um, I can't remember. I believe I was there and there's just so much going on. There was flags. Actually, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if this was, no, you know what? You know what it reminds me of? Um, I think it reminds me of the time when Obama came to visit Ghana. (laughs) I don't know if you were there or if you saw what happened. You were there. No, 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 I wasn't. Okay. I was not. Okay. I was, um, wait, was that 2011 or am I making that up? When, no, it was such a long time ago. It was like 2000 and it was such a, actually, when was it? I actually, I can't actually, maybe it was 2011. I can't actually remember, but I was there when Obama came down. I can't remember what year it was. Maybe it was 2013. Maybe it was 2013. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, guys, I will put that in the show notes. I'll find out when I was. I'll put it in the show notes. But anyway, I remember when I was in Ghana in 20, whenever Obama was there, and there were just so many flags, you know, all of the streets and all the street lamps, the street lights in Ghana and Accra, they just had all these um, pictures of Obama and the president. I think it was, at, I can't remember who the president was at the time. Was it Atta Mills? Was it, was it John Ajikomko Four? I can't remember who it was, but I just remember just like what you said, when Ghana was 50, there was so much, you know, in the city. Um, but yeah, um, it's kind of like a similar kind of reception. Um but yeah, um, back onto your grandmother and the Nana project. Um, I can imagine, I can, I can, I can only imagine all of the memories that were stored within her that you didn't get to tap into because obviously she had, she'd passed on. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a really sad and frustrating realization. Mm. Because, like I could have known if I had thought to ask, mm-hmm. but I did. I mean, I didn't think to ask because when, like I said, she lived with my family in the States until I was 12. And then um, she actually, she had a stroke and um, the family thought that it was, uh, you know, it'd be best for her to you know, go back to Ghana where we have a very, very large extended family and mm. people around to, uh, to really take care of her. Um, yeah. And so as a, you know, a 12 year old, I don't know. You know, I wasn't thinking about grandma for her, you know, what life was like, you know, for her growing up in a very, a completely different time period, you know? Um, yeah. It's just not, I don't know. Maybe the children of today are more astute than I was as a child, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not, I wasn't really thinking about that. And so when I went for, her funeral, I was just like, I just felt really bad, you know. Mm. I felt like, like this, like this could have been prevented. So actually, after yeah. the funeral, I started talking to 
my family, like while we were still in Ghana, just asking them, like, oh, mm-hmm. what do you think about this and that and da 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 Subsequent trips, I would just keep doing that until, um, yeah, until I was like, okay, I think I need to actually put this, you know, put this thing into motion for real. Yeah. Is that when you kind of realized that, okay, um, maybe I should have made more memories or maybe I sh- maybe I should have, you know, spent more time and found out about how she lived life and what she went through, what she experienced, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah, I, I did. And I, I just, I don't think, because I didn't, I, from the time I was 12, when she went back to Ghana, we went with her. Well, that was my first time going mm-hmm. to Ghana. Well. Yeah. And then I didn't go back again for like seven years when I was nineteen. When yeah. The funeral. Yeah. Since then, I've you know gone to Ghana more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all have now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I just I, I mean I have memories with her from of course since she you know helped raise me, but mm-hmm. I don't have. I I don't know. I didn't know a lot about her life growing up until after she died. Until you know how they make the that booklet for the people yeah the, yeah the funeral yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so and reading that and then also just being in our hometown and like talking with like you know family members sharing their own memories mm-hmm. um, that they had of her. It kind of it helped me to view her differently because you know like cause, again as a kid it's like oh like, this is my grandma. Like, yeah. yeah, but she's also like, she's a mother, she's a sister she's <laughs> a woman in her own right, you know, that has yeah. so many um, experiences that I, you know, that I could have learned from. I've, you know, I've heard from other people, but I think mm-hmm. if I had had the opportunity to hear them from her herself, it, you know, it would have, I think, would just would have been more helpful. So that's why. Mm. I started the Nana Project because I was like, I really don't want anyone to feel um, what I felt, you know, feeling like, man, like I, like I should have just talked to my grandma about, um, yeah, you know, about her life and the things that she experienced. Because you really, some of our elders, you really <laughs> like, live very interesting lives. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm really telling you, yeah. they did. <laughs> <laughs> They really did live interesting lives, um, you know, especially when you look back in even Ghanaian history. Um, but one thing I must say is that when it comes to Ghanaian women, you know, well, you know, even even back at home, I must say, like, they have a good track record of living long, long lives. I mean, you, you, you said that your grandma was 96? Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, phenomenal. I mean, uh, when my grandmother passed last year, um, she was 85. Um, but even that was not bad, but she was living here. Um, she, she actually moved over from Ghana to kind of help, you know, the original reason was to help, I think my mom raised me when I was born in, you know, late eighties. And obviously that, and that turned into her living in London and staying and helping out, you know, everyone else's, you know, everyone else's, um, you know, on, you know, help my aunties raise their children and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just shows you that what being in the sun can do, what simple diets, you know, um, plant-based diets can do, um, the sunshine, the vitamin D can do. I mean, it does wonders. I mean, it, it, it's, it's sad that we can't capture memories and put them in a bottle and seal them. Um, 
And I'm hearing about some technology in the future where we can actually store our memories and stuff, but let's not even get into that. But I think there's nothing better than building bonds and speaking to your relative and and hearing from them what they went through and the stories that they lived. And that's why I really connect with you. And that's really why I wanted to bring you on because when I lost my grandmother, you know, she, you know, I was getting that on a weekly basis. I mean, she only lived five minutes from me um, before she passed. I'm um, this is the first time I'm ever speaking to her death, speaking about her death, apart from close friends and family. So I've not put it on social media or nothing like some people have when they lose their relatives. I just kind of share that with close family and friends. But yeah, ever on a weekly basis, she'll tell me about things that she did in Ghana, you know, whether she was the chief in Northern region in, um, what you call it? I can't remember. I've just, it's just gone. It's just left my 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 head. Um, or whether she's done this and here, or she's done that, or how she had to raise six girls in Dantuman as a baker after my grandpa, my grandfather passed in his early forties, and you know, living in Liverpool, living in Berlin, getting this shit. She's done so much stuff, and she'll tell me all of these things every week, week in, week out, every day. I'll just sit there. She'll cook for me, and she'll tell me everything, and. I miss that. I really, really miss that. And I get what you think. I, I kind of get where you're coming from because maybe you didn't get to experience that on a more frequent basis as maybe I did, you know, and I can feel that kind of edge you want to bring this, bring this to life, the Nana project so that you can then, you know, help others to, to not, you know, not, not even, it's not even a mistake. I wouldn't say that's a mistake, you know, it's to kind of give them the platform to, 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 you know, to do that, to drop these memories in. So I really admire what you're doing and I really like this initiative and I'm really pleased about this, you know, a woman on a mission. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, and thank you so much for sharing about your grandmother. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I think another thing that like this has kind of taught me, is like grief and like how it can really like when you lose someone really close to you it's not mm -hmm. for me anyway i don't feel like it's something that you really like get over it's you just like have to learn how to live with it like yeah i just feel like it's just kind of like always there like even like some sometimes it might be more prominent like if mm -hmm. it's like someone's birthday or you know something like that mm -hmm. anyway, it's just you know Lying low, still just kind of there. Like, you know, I, for my aunt um, passed away uh, last September. Um, yeah. My mom's oldest sister. Condolences um, again. Kind of like, Thank you. Yeah, she's mm. like, like the number two to our, our yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. Um, And she, and so her, she passed away very suddenly. And yeah. like, I know the family's still kind of like dealing with the pain of that. Um, but mm -hmm. I have her, like her picture up like on, in my room. And so I, I look at it. I'm just like, Oh, auntie, like it makes, <laughs> it makes me happy to just see her there. Um, yeah. And great. Thankfully I was able to get her story before she passed. I, mm. um, you know, yeah. a project interview with her when she came uh, to spend Christmas with my family. Uh, 
a few years ago. And it was actually, it was a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Um, Because you were sharing all the stories uh, during Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Learning about her and her, her, even though I've known known her my entire life, there was still a lot that I didn't know about her. And my cousin, her daughter was also here um, with us. And so it was cool for her to also hear um, Hmm. stories. So yeah, I think it's, if, if people, you know, you're really blessed that you were able to go see your grandma, you know, every, as often as you wanted, because she lived, um, lived so close to you. But I know yeah. a lot of people, you know, don't really have that opportunity. It's when they, you know, go to Ghana. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. I definitely, um, what you call it? can understand what you're saying i mean i know there's a lot of people who for example at least in the ghanaian community i know a lot of people have their grandmothers living in ghana or they live far away or one thing or another i think i've been quite blessed like that like i remember um do you know michael dapper that guy that artist or comedian comedian yeah um man's not hot yeah yeah man's not hot yeah yeah i I think that track is a global track let's just say that yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, my, my auntie actually raised him when he was younger, actually. Wow. Um, but yeah, that's not even the point. But what I was going to say is that um, basically, like, I remember when he went to Ghana after he blew up for the first time. And then he said that he hadn't seen his grandmother in so many years. I think it was like maybe 15 years or 20 years, something crazy like that. I think it was definitely double digits. And since then, like, I think he's been going back every, at least every year to go and see his grandmother and really just spend time with her, make memories, you know, and I think that's what it's about. And that leads me to my next question, Kirstie, like, do you feel like part of this, um, I I really want to, don't want to call it a new age, but do you feel like, you know, one half or maybe a portion of the contemporary Ghanaians and, you know, are potentially kind of like leaving behind the traditional, you know, way of doing things or leaving behind these sentimental things or, you know, just leaving this behind, you know, the whole experience of, you know, spending time with relatives, ancestors, grand grandparents, etc., and just getting to know their story, just getting to know them, you know, learning from them, do you think do you think we are at risk in such a social media kind of fast-paced kind of world that we're living in? Do you feel like we're losing that ability to preserve all of that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um uh, I, I feel like social media makes it easier to preserve these things. Yeah. You just have to have the desire to do it. Mm. because if you spend time it doesn't even need to be like you know your grandparents per se like even with yeah. your parents yeah they have plenty of stories yeah too and you know we have our phones like technology is like it's so accessible everyone mm. has, everyone i guess you know a lot of people have you know phones that have cameras or have like you can record voice notes and things so it just it takes two seconds to say hey mom like what was your favorite song when you were growing up? And you were can record that yeah. on your phone or what happened. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, you know, a, a memory that you've been able to preserve. So I yeah. think it's, so I think t- social media technology makes it easier, but I, I think it's up to us to value doing things like that. And I think that's mm. where, um, yeah. 
the issue is. I think yeah. we, I think as young people, we care more about like entrepreneurship and like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Or, um, you know, money making endeavors, which aren't, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because people yeah. need to like we all need to eat, but at you know at what cost you know yeah. uh, I, 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 it's, 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 I don't I don't I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time you know so we can care about you know money income generating activities as well mm-hmm. as preserving our history and that's it that nature. that's but it I feel like in regards to like preservation of history and culture um there's a lot of talk but not a lot of action mm. so I think like I think people do care but in my opinion, anyway, because there there isn't always a lot of money to be made um, in this type of work that it doesn't get as much attention as I think it should. Yeah, but I mean, what you're doing, obviously, it's is not is is it's 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 not um, monetary at all. It's it's more voluntary and it's more of a purpose behind it. Um, so you know that's all well and good. Um, what I'm saying is that um, when it comes to this generation coming up, I feel like I feel like we might be at risk in terms of preserving that history, preserving these values. You know, um, you know, getting to meet and let meet and getting to know your aunties, your uncles. Or, you know, not even just parents, even parents. You know, what I mean, for example, um, last year when my brother came down to Ghana. Um, you know, all he was doing is pretty much going out to Afro Nation, going out to Africella, going to the clubs, going to just going out to his friends, going out, going out. And I remember my mom, my mom was like, because my parents live in Ghana. I remember my mom was like, uh, you know, um, Eben, why didn't you just spend time with me? Why are you always going out? You know, why are you always going away? Just oh, but mom, but this, but that, but that, but that. And he's like in his early twenties. You know what I mean? So, um, I think what point I'm trying to say is that I think some people, um, I guess we don't value that fam, the extended family ancestors, relatives, et cetera, until they're gone sometimes as much as we, as we, we, we should have, of course we do value them, but I feel like there should be some more value in them than waiting for them, waiting for some events to take place. You know, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. That makes perfect sense. And I mm. have a friend of mine who also went to Ghana in December and she did, she made a point of like, you know, going to Afro Nation and the beach and fist and wherever else. <laughs> wherever else is, yeah. And all that. I didn't go. Um, that was yeah. Like, feels like a lot to me, so I'm just gonna go back to Texas. <laughs> um, so she did that, but then she also like stayed, I think, like an extra week to go visit her parent, her grandparents, mm. and like spend time with them. And I, it's um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm judging people because I know when people travel to Ghana, they go for, they have different reasons. True, true, true. For some people it can be to go and experience being in Ghana, like really without having like parental supervision, like they want to go and experience, experience it for themselves, which I think mm-hmm. is a good thing because that's a way for people to create their own connections to the country without you know sans you know parental influence and i think that i think that's i think that's healthy mm-hmm. um, but like you said um there are people that go and just like go for the partying and stuff and can they can neglect um 
the the big opportunity that they have, especially if they have elder relatives that are living because, um, I mean, not to sound morbid, but like every, like they will all pass away one day. True. True. And you, you really don't, I don't know. I just, if you can avoid feeling regret about like anything regarding the elders in your family, Mm -hmm. like take take whatever time or or opportunity you have. If you go to Ghana or if you're upset or what have you to um, the connections that you have um, with your family, Um, assume. And and, and I guess this is, that might even be a privileged thing to say, because I know not everyone has healthy relationships with their family. Unfortunately. It's true. Very Um, true. But if you do have a healthy, you know, relationship with the people in mm-hmm. your family, with your grandparents or older aunties, your parents, um, mm-hmm. whatever else, then yeah, you know, after you know, after you go to the club, when you go home the next morning, see if you can just spend time with your grandparents and just ask them. They'll be really happy. Well, for the most part, unless they you know, some people don't. <laughs> some people <laughs> like, like, oh, why are you asking me all these questions? Um, I get that sometimes, but I keep asking. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's spot on that's absolutely spot on um i just feel like you know this generation part half of us are too much in our phones and you know what's going on in the world rather than what's focusing on what's right in front of us which is more important sometimes so i think the moral of the story here uh Kirsty, is to kind of strike that balance between spending time with family relatives close loved ones and then doing what it is that you're, you're doing outside of that and that probably leads me nicely to the, the the Nana project. Actually, let's let's talk a bit about that. So, um, in what format do you collect um, the the stories from from people that want to share on your platform? Is it just so pictures, videos? How is it mainly like videos? But we mm-hmm. have to do because not all of the elders are really comfortable with like having their face and name. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some, if they're not comfortable with doing a video, they'll just do audio or some people will just submit pictures and kind of have a caption of like, you know, what's happening in the picture or, you know, how old they were in the picture, things of that nature. So, mm. you know, we know not the internet, not everyone is a big fan of the internet. So mm-hmm. we kind of work with people um, to, to help them share their story and mm. serve it in a way that they feel comfortable with having it preserved. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause um, not everyone will want to do like a nice HD 4k, you know, documentary five angle kind of video type interview. Some people may just want to just, just talk it out. And sometimes a voice note, you know, you know, a voice recording can sometimes be enough because, you know, you, you then have, I think a voice recording sometimes is it's more exciting because it then kind of encourages you to use your imagination and just picture, you know, what was happening in that moment. And when you think about the times of our ancestors, um, you know, they didn't really have all of this technology that we're blessed with right now. So I think that's great. However format that you're able to capture it, um, I think you're doing a great job. Uh, I'm just looking at the home page now and just some of the, the photos on there. Um, what kind of uh, um, do you know? Do you know, like on the top of your head, what kind of year? I mean, how how many years back are we be talking? You know, let's let's talk about the home page right now. Home page. So, so uh, 
disclaimer the a lot of the pictures yeah. on the homepage are of my dad and his friends. Um, really? Yeah, when he was wow. in college in Kamasi. And a, yeah. lot of the pictures, a lot of the pictures on the homepage are um are of him and his people just like hanging out. So I love it. No, I actually love it. I love <laughs> um, it. It just shows how things are just different. And when you look at when you look at these photos and they're in black and white as well, it, it, I think even that itself just tells you the time at which it was taken. Um, a very different time to what we're in right now. You know, a time where you know, you you'll see a lot more of the traditional clothing, um, a lot more afros rather than shortcuts. You know, for the men at least, mm-hmm. and yeah, a lot more trees as well because you can imagine that obviously Ghana was a lot more rural back then. Um, so that's the kind of uh, feeling you get when you see those photos, and it's it's really nice nice to see um i remember when my dad gave me some photos from when he was growing up in the northern region and you know it's the same kind of scenery that you that you see and the same kind of vibe you get from it um what would you say is i mean i mean how many have you had a n- number of submissions it's, it's been a quite good good has been a reasonable amount of submissions you've got from people actually there's a lot of the stories that we collected uh, most of them have been my co-founder and i like like talking to people, mm-hmm. um, that's actually something that we really want to get going more. Um, mm-hmm. Having more people submit, we've had some, but I would really like to have more. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So, but the the submissions that we've have have been either photo or video, and there's one mm. video that I'm thinking of that um. A friend of mine, when she went to Ghana, she had a conversation with both of her grandparents um, and just asked them just about their lives and things that they remembered, saying like Kwame Nkrumah. And it was really, mm. really nice. And unfortunately, her grandfather passed away last autumn. Um, Condolences yeah, again. Uh, yeah. You know, and he yeah. was in mm. I think early to mid 90s, which is, you know, long life. So that's good. But of course, that's still, you know, it's still a loss. It is. Know what age? Yeah. Passes, and so my friend she reached out to me, and she was when she when she told me that he passed, and she was like, you know, thank you so much for you know the Nana Project and like giving me the opportunity to go and speak with my grandparents and learn about learn about them. And she said that mm. video that she shared, she also made it into like a video for her family. And wow. So, of their, her family members have been watching watching the video, especially mm. um, in the time since he's passed. So that made me feel it's like stuff like that. Like when people are like, "Thank you for this," or yeah, when they say that they learned something from like a video or from a photo, or like that makes mm. me feel like, okay, yes, like this work is important. And mm. yeah, you see, um, that's fantastic, and I'm sure that alone is giving you the drive to kind of keep this thing going, to keep this thing alive and to keep collecting more stories and to keep inspiring people. And it's kind of like what you said um, at your grandmother's funeral, you got to the funeral and then, you know, you had the photos to look at of her and of, of how her life was in the past, but you would have loved to have more, you know, videos to go back to memories, to, to, to recollect, you know, and I'm sure, the Nana project is just going to help more people to, you know, to have more, you know, yeah. when, when, when that kind of time comes. So 
yeah, I mean, this is what it's all about. And that's why I really am a big fan of this project as well. Um, I remember I went to, I think, what's it, what I think it was last year, I think the year before, I went to one of my friend's great-grandmother's birthday in Dan Suman. Guess how old she was? A hundred? Yep. She was a hundred <laughs> years. Have you ever been to, uh, can you can you ever say you've been to someone's birthday who turned a hundred? No, it, happen. <laughs> it was amazing. It was like the whole community in Dan Suman was like pretty much invited to it. And literally I got there and then literally my friend showed me her, grand, her great grandmother. Mm-hmm. And what I saw was just her just sitting there. And then I think a few minutes later, she went inside and I talked to my friend. I was like, where is, um, where is your great grandmother? She was like, oh, she's tired. She's gone back to bed. I was like, bless her, man. Cause they don't have that much energy, yeah. you know? <laughs> so you can imagine like, um, she would have had a lot of, a lot of time to spend with her because obviously she was staying with her actually. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have, it's good to make memories. It's good to make the most of, of, um, times like this, because you just don't, you never know when someone's going you never know when, you know, you're going to lose someone. I get, you know, I mean, I don't want to talk about the virus, but let's bring it up because people are losing, you know, I, I got a message right now today, everyone saying that, you know, so-and-so had lost their, you know, son and they're really affected by it. And I'm just like, man, you know, you just don't know when you're going to go. That's the moral of this season. So make yeah. the most of everything and people are making the most of their family and friends and loved ones. I'm getting messages from people I haven't heard in ages. I'm sure you're, you're getting the same thing as well. It's crazy. It's such that it's that domino effect. And you know, um, this is why I love what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. And what else was I going to say? Um, moving on. Hmm. What's a key memory that you would say that you, you had from your, your relatives? Like a key, like a key. Is there like a key memory that that stood out to you? Um, There's so with my grandma. Um, she, her, her father didn't believe in educating his daughters. Yeah. So um, my grandma's brothers all went and had like really great <laughs> careers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but my. Um, grandmother and her sisters didn't learn English. They didn't actually really learn to read or write until um, Kwame Nkrumah came into, in, into power. And mm-hmm. he, um, but he created like a mass education and like said that everyone in the country had to learn to read or read and write, at least in their own language. Mm-hmm. So, um, so my grandma, she couldn't read or write um, in English. Mm. she could you know read her free bible and she could read and write and that mm. and so when mm-hmm. i was younger um actually my sister and i we would try to help her to um read and write in english so we would like write out like the english alphabet for her and then she would <laughs> kind of like you know when you're in like primary school where they like yeah do the letter <laughs> so we would do uh-huh. that with her so we would yeah. write her address and stuff like that really um, and she seemed really happy that we that we did that i don't know if it was i mean i don't know if she like actually really cared or if it was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like something nice to do with her granddaughters um yeah so that's that's i think that's one of the the good lots of good memories but i think that's like the main one of the main things i remember um growing up with my with my grandmother 
And um, I remember the first time I went to Ghana, Mm -hmm. my uncles on my mom's side, uh, they took us to Abri Gardens. I love Abri Gardens. Love it. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I remember one of my uncles, he's... um, he actually, unfortunately, has also passed away since then. Mm. Um, but sobering he, episode. Yeah, mm. I know. We mm. have to, like, I know. To ask some, I know, right? <laughs> some, some joy somewhere. Um, I know, right? Don't worry. He, he had a very. Um, he was really fun, and so we remember at one point he was like pretending to like climb on one of the trees and stuff, which I thought <laughs> was really. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are some. Some fun memories or happy memories I've had with people in my family. That's beautiful. That's amazing, man. Um, wow. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. Um, but yeah, we just need to keep making memories because you just don't know when we're going to lose people. Let's talk about TEDx, actually. So oh. <laughs> let's quickly segue into that. Um, I think before we started the interview, I was, I was discussing with you that I, I saw it. I, I think the day it released, I saw it because I'm a TEDx YouTube subscriber and um, I watched it again today just to kind of like get a refresher. Um, first of all, beautiful outfit. Thank really, re- really, really loved it. Thank um, you. Great speech. <laughs> great talk. Um, you're natural. I don't know why you feel like you're, I don't know why you'll say that. I don't know why you feel like you're a little bit shy, but I think you're, you're a confident speaker. You're natural and you. Should, and you should do more of it. Oh God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did that come about? Did you have to submit or how did that come about? Yeah. So TEDx, I've been following TEDx Houston for not Houston. That's for Houston. It's no, te- Texas, Houston, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 Houston. Houston. Oh, Houston, London. <laughs> not Houston. Because when I say, oh, I'm doing TEDx Houston, they're like, oh, TEDx Houston. I'm like, no, not Houston. Which Houston? Because Houston, you got a problem right now. Which Houston are we talking about? <laughs> Houston, London. Okay. E-U-S-T-O-N, TEDx. I find that so funny because you're in Texas and there's Houston and Texas and London yeah. is Houston. But it's Houston and Houston. Yeah. Okay, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm just distracting yeah. you now, right now. No, no, anyway. It's fine. It's fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> People don't think I'm talking about Texas. I'm talking about London. London okay cool um, so TEDx Houston in London um okay it was it's was the only TEDx event outside of the African continent that focused on Africa and the African diaspora really so yeah and so Hmm. I had been following them for a while I don't even remember how I heard about them but I had been following them on social media for some time and so when I was moving to London. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can finally go to TEDx Houston and like see it because you know Chimamanda has spoken there. Like a lot of yeah, a lot of big, big people. people have spoken yeah, they've spoken so, there. Yeah, yeah. So I went my first year um, in London. So that went in 2017, mm-hmm. and then the next year in 2018, I was a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, they said it was going to be their last year of doing it. And I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I can't. I'm why? 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 Why did they pull the plug, Kirsty? Um, they said they were having a difficulty, like maintaining sponsorships and things for mm. it. So they felt, mm. like, you know, as good, great as an as an an event as it was. Um, yeah, it's you know, it, it, everything runs its course, and so. Um, we'll see, you know, what pops up in its place um, mm. in the 
the meantime, but um, so they so yeah, so they decided it was their it was going to be the last year, and mm. they did a um, a, not a call for speakers. What was it? An idea search. So they they were like, you know, if you wanted to come speak at TEDx Houston, now's your time. So they did like, <laughs> a, like a competition, and they were like, if you have an African idea worth sharing, yeah, you want to you know share it you know apply yeah. to speak at our you know tedx houston um yeah. salon and the person who you know, the best idea from the salon will uh have the opportunity to speak at our main event nice in november so i was like well i could talk about like and i you know like this is like for me being a like i've always wanted to do a ted talk and i've always wanted to do yeah. tedx houston just because it's the one that's like the most you know, closest to my passions and closest mm. to my heart. I've followed mm. for a long time, like I said. So I was yeah. like, all right, well, I saw that email come through and I was like, all right, well, now this is my chance. I wasn't even yeah. going to do it because I was really, I was like, oh, these people, I don't know if they'll pick me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? Like, the worst they can say is no. So I applied like the last day. <laughs> <laughs> no way. And you still got in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I had, I got, I think I was in Ghana at the mm-hmm. time I applied and mm-hmm. then I came back to London and not too long after I had gotten back to London, I got an email saying that I had been one of the ones selected this nice. at the idea search that they had. Nice. So I was like, cool. Um, but then in the time I got the email saying that I had been t- selected to the time that I actually had to do like the first talk at the TED, at the idea search, I, my aunt, who I had mentioned earlier, she passed away. Mm. Um, and so when I did, when I did that first talk, it had, it had been two weeks since she passed. Mm. And I, so I, I don't, I know it looked really dramatic, but it's I, how I felt. I went in funeral, my funeral slip yeah. and I tell, you know, put on my duku. Like, I was like, if I'm doing this, like, I, this is how I feel. I'm talking mm. about how loss helped me create the Nana project and I'm grieving right now. Like it felt yeah. like I need to. I need to honor that. That's like yeah. the feelings that I have. Yeah. Um, and so I did it. A, a lot of the, there were, I think, seven or eight of us who spoke. Um, mm. And everyone did really well. And it was also really great to just, you know, the TEDx Houston community is really, uh, it's really great, really encouraging. Mm. Um, and so it was a really great experience. Um, and then it was, I don't know how long it was after the, the idea search that they got in touch with me again to say that, you know, my talk had won so that I would be speaking at the main event in November. So I had to, I did sort of, I did the same talk. Well, ish, I expanded it a bit yeah, because I had a longer amount of time at the main talk than I did at the idea search. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, so there's two different, wait, so there's two different things. Yeah. So, and I mean, for everyone, it's different. Every TED is different. And so for the most part, um, TEDx Houston, how they operate is how they invite people to speak. But then I know there are others where you can apply to speak. But with me, you know, they did the competition pretty much. So it was like, so you apply, if you, they like your app, you know, your idea, then you speak mm-hmm. at the idea search. Yeah. And the winner from the idea search got to speak at the main event. So, okay so that's the process yeah that's how that's how i got it yeah okay so it's kind of it's kind of like a dress rehearsal kind of thing 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I think it helps that I had done the talk previously. Um, mm-hmm. But it was still like still a lot of preparation. Even so, I'm so glad when you said that I, you liked my outfit because even getting that outfit together it was very. I don't know what I'm gonna wear, and then like yeah. my hair. Do- it was like, but uh, she was like, "Don't worry, I can help you with your hair." And then she so she happened to have that the jacket that I had on. Mm. Um, she went. She went to Ghana and she picked it up while she was there. And she's like, "I've only worn that once. You can actually like." have it i was like oh my god are you serious she's like yeah so oh so yeah that last week was stress it was stressful but i'm really glad that everything came together as it did um and i'm glad that i had you know my lifelong dream to <laughs> to speak at and to do a ted talk and to do it at this yeah specifically and really making it in at the literally like the last minute since they are not doing this um yeah doing it anymore so wow imagine the timing i think the timing was perfect wasn't it yeah it really was and the theme was legacy and Mm. like the and that's that's part of the reason i applied um because i felt the nana project is is about you know leaving a legacy it is Um, yeah so it's so i felt it was you know appropriate for for me to at least apply and i was like you know what if they say no i won't die (laughs) (laughs) so yeah 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 wow that's quite something and congrats congrats with the with the um the the ted talk and now you're one of the the few uh distinguished people who can add tedx speak on the linkedin profile the cv i see it all around really you know i actually haven't i was like do people i don't know how much people actually care like i actually don't have it up anywhere i mean like you know, it's on YouTube and stuff. But I don't. Yeah. I haven't put it on my LinkedIn or anything like yeah. that. So yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I think some people, when they do it, they make themselves look corny. Some people, it just looks natural because they've got to a certain place. <laughs> I'm a TEDx speaker slash entrepreneur slash this slash this slash. <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, well done. I mean, just like what you said, I don't think people knew what went down behind the scenes to put all of that together from your beautiful outfit. Um, you look stunning, by the way. Yeah, so um, with TEDx, uh, it's something that I've been following a long, long time now. I actually had a friend that was actually on TEDx Houston twice. Um, oh. I think he's from Algeria. And basically, I think one of his talks was about being a white African growing up in Nigeria and then going to live in Nigeria and then then move to London and then move to Algeria. So he kind of moved around, but I'll probably find a link and put it in the show notes and I'll probably share it with you. It was really, really good TED talk. Really, really good. Now he's like a a political journalist or something and I see him on TV sometimes. So, but yeah, TEDx is awesome. TEDx is awesome. And it must be really awesome for you to have that experience because, um, TEDx is just that great. Do you know about, um, you know, when you said how TEDx, how, um, basically TEDx Houston is being stopped because of funding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, can't people themselves fund it? Like, can't people? I know that there's smaller, there's, there's like smaller versions of TEDx where people can kind of maybe raise funds themselves and put together like a small kind of TEDx. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess they could do that, but I'm not on the team. You know, yeah, and they're sure there's 
a lot to it that you know I don't I don't know about. Um, okay. Yeah, so I can't you know I can't speak as to you know yeah. why they made the decision because I you know I'm not on the team. I was you know I volunteered, but like I was literally just like a volunteer the year before. Yeah. As a speaker, my only job is to you know show up and, <laughs> and you know <laughs> deliver my my talk well. Um, yeah. So I think it's I think it's sad just because um, it, there's so many great talks have come out of um, have come out of TEDx Houston and I watched a lot of them uh, mm-hmm. when I was preparing for yeah. my own talk. But I think we're fortunate in that we have you know the internet. They're all on YouTube. The TEDx Houston social media channels are also still there. So it's just because mm. the event is no longer happening doesn't mean that like all is lost. Like the wisdom that was shared over the course of the 10 years that TEDx Houston ran is still available for people to, to access. Yeah. Awesome. And that's great stuff. And I think the ones in Ghana are still going actually the ones in Accra, I think they're still going. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this year, who knows what the rest of this year will look like. Mate, we don't know. We just have to just, I don't know. We just we just don't know, man. Everything's being cancelled at this rate, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. What was I gonna say? So, yeah. TEDx. Make sure you guys go check that out. I'll put that in the show notes so you guys can watch Kirsty's um TED talk. Okay, we're just about to wrap this up now. Um. So, Kirsty, what kind of tips would you give for people that want to put together something similar to? to what you've done i'm not saying people should go out and you know copyright the nana project but um if you if people want to kind of go in a similar journey as you like they want to maybe go go about maybe collecting memories speaking to people reaching out to people um interviewing documenting um i mean what kind of basic of what simple advice would you give to people that want to get into that kind of arena let's say keep it if you're to start, just keep things really simple mm-hmm. um, and start with, I would say, start with your immediate family or immediate family slash whoever is willing to speak to you. Because sometimes mm. um, your immediate family may not be, they might not feel comfortable for whatever reason talking about mm. But if you have, even like, you know, all, all of us, you have aunties and uncles in the community um that you know they may not be related to them but you know they're still your aunt or uncle um yeah they might be willing to share some of their um life stories with you um don't if you're going for the first time i wouldn't say go and try to like record on their first go just go Mm -hmm. and listen and hear Mm -hmm. what they have to say i think it's good to build a rapport Mm. Um, i mean if you're you know doing it with people you already know um, yeah. it's a bit easier but i still i feel like it's different when you're like sitting down and like really talking about you know things that have happened to them mm-hmm. um yeah so i wouldn't say don't don't record on on the first on the first go um, that's a good point so, yeah um mm. also do some digging around your house to see if there are any like, pictures lying around anywhere. I know for in our family, my, my dad was really good about taking pictures. Like photography was a hobby of his, I guess before my sister and I came and kind of took, took up all of his time. Um, <laughs> but he, so we have like 
boxes and boxes of pictures of my dad when he was you know, a young kid to like when he came to America to when he met my mom and to when, you know, my sister and I were growing up. And even now, like with any family event, he has to take like a bunch of pictures. So <laughs> you, might have, you might have a big box of pictures somewhere um, that you, you know, in your house that, that you don't know about. So see if you can find any pictures. And if you have some um, that are, you know, you know, some, you know, a lot of people put pictures up of their parents or grandparents and things of that nature. If you haven't asked about who the people in the picture are or like where the picture was mm. taken, like what was going on, you that's a, that's another good place to start. It doesn't mm. be some big, um, you know, theatrical experience. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. If you're beginning, I would say, you know, just keep it simple. Yeah. You know, it's like charity, charity starts at home. It's that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. It starts more than you just going from there and, that's just how these things go. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that advice. That's really, really uh, sound advice, Kirsty. Um, now, if I if if someone mentioned to you, um, actually, what is the sound of a cry to you? So, if someone mentioned a cry to you, what 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 would you say comes to mind? What 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 comes to your mind? The Trotsky what, drive. The Trotsky mates. <laughs> the, the what drivers? The 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 not the drivers, the mates. Chocho drivers. Yeah. Like that's what. Yeah. Basta, basta, basta. Akra, 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 Yeah. When I was there, um, last summer. Yeah. I had to. I've always been curious as to how the, the, the system operates because I was like how do people know where each bus is going like how do they know like which one goes where but I learned because I had to get around and uh, you know my sti- I, you know, I had a stipend for my field work there but it wasn't enough yeah. to like I couldn't be taking Uber all the time so yeah. <laughs> I, had to, I, had to, I had to figure out you know how to take public transport to um, to get around uh, yeah. so I think for me that that's what yeah the uh, just a, a crowd without that just i don't know it's, it wouldn't be the same right yeah, yeah it just wouldn't be the same yeah. i totally agree with you um i, I love the chochos i don't take them all the time but obviously you know from time to time i've taken one when i was living in ghana my dad actually made me kind of take one so that i can kind of like get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and at first it was something that I kind of looked down upon, but to be honest with you, it's re- it's dirt cheap. It's so cheap. It's, it's like I don't know. It's like ten cents. I don't know what it is. It's, so it's really cheap. Yeah, that's why I'm like, if I can't, yeah, just, you know, city to yeah. from here to there, like I can't, like sorry, I can't take. I know it's, you know, it's not. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Do that. Other people take Uber, but I mean. As a graduate student, I had to live within my means. So yeah, that's. I guess that's it. That is it. Yeah, yeah. that is it. So shout out to the Uber. I almost said the Uber drivers. Shout out to the Chocho drivers keeping uh, yeah. Ghana's Ghana's lights on. You know, someone's got to do it. And you know, it's not every day. You know, people got money for Uber and Bolt and all the the wonderful apps that you can you can use to uh, get a ride around the car. So that's great stuff. Okay, uh, so Kirsty, um. How can people reach out to the Nana Project? Where can people submit their stories to? 
So right now, social media is probably the best way to do it. We're in the process of updating the website. So mm-hmm. people will be able to do it there eventually. But in okay. the meantime, yeah. um, you can follow us on we're on Facebook at The Nana Project, um, Twitter at The Nana Project, mm-hmm. Instagram at the underscore Nana underscore project. And mm-hmm. on Tumblr as well. Tumblr. Project, yeah, Nana um, Love so it. If you, <laughs> so, um, if you have a, and also you can send me an email if you want to do an email submission, Kirsty at the Nana Project.org. Um, we're always happy to collab with people. We're happy to, you know, any story that you would like to share um, with, uh, with us about your family that we can share with on our social media and on our website. Uh, we're o- always happy to have submissions. So um, those are the ways that you can reach out to us if you have any questions, um, comments, concerns, etc. Submissions. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Kirsty, again uh, for coming to the show. Um, before I let you go, um, this is a bit uh, off the cuff, a bit unorthodox. You mentioned, I think the whole theme around the Nana Project is leaving a legacy. Um, so these are maybe two, three things. I'm just going to challenge you if you can share what in your eyes is leaving, what what in your eyes, the definition of leaving a legacy, has there been any heroes in your eyes, whether it's family, friends, or public figures related to Ghana, who, who you think have left a legacy and, and then after those two points, I'll probably get you to kind of leave a last comment to our listeners. Okay. So who in Ghana's history do I wait has left the legacy that I think is most important or I mean, in general, I mean, who, who to you, do you think like who to you, it could be family, it could be friends, it could be a public figure in general, like who, who to you do you think has left a legacy? that is someone you, like you've, you've looked up to and you're just thinking, okay, that person's left some kind of legacy. So it could be family, it could be friends, it could be a public figure, you know. Oh boy. Oh, this it, is a, this is a it could be Kwame Nkrumah, you know, it could be anybody. I mean, Did, yeah, would you say you have someone? Would, would, would you, would you have someone? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think about my, I guess the, if I do one person in my family, then one person like from Ghana's history. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, I would say my great grandmother, mm-hmm. because the reason why my like extended family is what it is today is because mm-hmm. of her and my great grandfather. Even though my great grandfather didn't believe in you know educating his daughters, um, we that so they had my great grandparents had eight kids, and my grandma wow. was the second, <laughs> was the wow. second one. <laughs> of that of the eight mm-hmm. and then of that eight they each had at least eight children no so, way yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least eight so that's amazing so, and so they did a really good job of like, maintaining unity in mm-hmm. the family so mm. my mom I in the i guess in the western world we would say like my mom's cousins but you know yeah. In real life, it's, you know, my aunts and uncles. And so they would all like link up for the 
what in the West we call, you know, summer vacation in Ghana, they call the long vacation, long back. So mm -hmm. in the long back, they would go to our hometown and just, you know, play together and like, you know, just really, you know, <laughs> you know, just be kids and, and enjoy, yeah. you know, time with the family and spending time with their grandma, you know, my great grandma. And so I feel like to this day, our extended family is really tight, even though like, you know, some of us are in the US, some are in Ghana, some are in the UK, some are in Holland, like, you know, we're all yeah. over. But yeah. that connection <laughs> is still is still really there. So we're like like now like five generations like deep into this thing. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. my, you know, my um, you know, my aunts and uncles, like their kids, yeah. my cousins, like they also now have children, you know, and so yeah. like, but we're all still you know, eight children no <laughs> yeah <laughs> those days are our past um yeah so i just you know I'm, I'm grateful that they really saw you know my grand my great grandparents really saw the value of um family and family unity for mm -hmm. us to um still be close and even though you know i might not know like all of my family i know they know who i am <laughs> you know <laughs> and so like you know god forbid you know if something happened like you know if i went to let's say if i went to holland and i needed you know help with something i know i have family mm -hmm. there that i can reach out to like i've never met them yeah. before but the fact that like we're family means that like we're there for each other so i would say for my family side my great grandparents have left a legacy that i'm you know, still feeling to this, to this day. Um, mm. And then Ghana's history, I really don't want to do anyone like <laughs> it can be anybody if, if you don't have a public figure that is fine i think you know sharing what you shared with your family is is, is quite remarkable yeah. how you're still connected even how you spread out around the world yeah i would probably i'll shout out my friend uh kukua she mm -hmm. is um she's also doing her um, phd at soas but that's not her like her main thing she um is big into architecture and she has an archive she's working on an archive about um across architecture and she wow. has a she got a grant for a project to help to digitize the the records of the oh i'm trying to remember Accra. Oh, one of the office. Oh, I feel so bad. Like, it's okay. The, like, the AMA. The AMA. Oof, that's that, that 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 rings a bell. That rings a bell. Yeah, it's like the like the planning office for across. So there's like she was showing like the, the pictures of documents of like people mm -hmm. coming in around like 1957. She said mm -hmm. 1957 in Accra, like a lot of people wanted to move to the capital because you know independence. So there's a lot of there's an increase in like building permits for houses. A lot of people wanted to build houses in a crowd. Yeah. Mm. And, and she showed me pictures of what the, of what the, the documents, the conditions that they're in now, because some of these, some of the documents are from like the late, like late 1800s. Wow. That's preserved. Yeah. 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 So she's, and she's, you know, young, Ghan, young Ghanaian really working to preserve Ghana's history and so in her doing that like she mm. will be able to like create a legacy like for the office that people can come and see you know see these records and get a glimpse into um you know what life was like in Accra during you know from the late 1800s up until you know today so that's quite something that's remarkable and uh, I just did a quick search actually I think 
the abbreviation you're trying to get at was Accra Metropolitan Assembly. Is that the one? I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. it looks like it. Yeah. A smart, safe, sustainable and resilient city. Uh, yeah, it just looks like that's 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 the joint. So I'll put the, the link in the show notes. And I can see it talks about Document Center and the assembly, departments, submetros, Accra Metropolitan Assembly, blah, blah, blah. I think that's I think that's it. I think that's definitely it. So I'll put a link in the show notes for everybody. Okay. Kirsty, thank you. Thank you for being a fantastic guest. Um, was there any last comments or announcements you wanted to leave of leave of the listeners? Um, not really. Just you know, thank you all for listening. Um, please don't just listen to this and be like, "Oh yeah, like I'll go talk to my grandma," and then like, don't do it. Go mm-hmm. after you listen to this. Put the phone down or <laughs> or whatever. Pick up or then pick it back up. Dial your grandma's number <laughs> um, <laughs> or, you know, get on WhatsApp or what have you. Talk to yeah. your parents. Really be, even if, you know, you don't want to share it online or whatever, just for you to know, you know, just more about your family history. I think it's important. So please, 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 like, if you remember anything from this podcast is don't have regrets about the others in your family and the things that mm. they're still alive. If they can still, you know, talk and and share their stories, go get it while you can. That's it. I love that. Go get it while you can, ladies and gentlemen. Go get it while you can. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. I hope you all enjoyed that. So that was Kirsty Kwating, uh, founder of the Nana Project. And yeah, very enlightening episode. Hope you guys took something from it again if you want to get the show notes for this show just go on the sound of a crowd.com uh, the website should be available by the time you listen to this episode if not there should be a link for you to get the show notes um, once again thank you for tuning in uh, please subscribe or leave a review for us on the podcast platforms wherever podcast platform you're listening to this on um, if you want to be in the show you, or if you feel like you know someone that would be a fit for the show give us a shout on email info at the sound of a crowd.com on social media so you can drop us a message on instagram at the sound of a crowd uh, we'll be happy to hear from you other than that until then uh, i will catch you on the next episode where we will be midway through season one so exciting times we're going to keep on this theme of african roots so stay tuned for the next episode peace take care